0: Hey, you're listening to It Needs To Be Said, where the conversations are honest and the opinions may get you cancelled. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) How was your week? Yes, good week, good week. Very busy. I'm very done. I'm glad it's Saturday. Yeah. But it's been a good week. It's been a really good week. How about you? Um, Yeah, it was a good week. Um,
1: I had something happen this week that I did tell you about, but I feel like I need to do a public service announcement to the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I had a situation where um, I don't want to give it away too much, but it's going to be really obvious what happened. But I experienced some road rage directed towards me, And then I knew the person, (laughs) and it was kind of like a situation where they were road raging at me, but like my car was turned away. But then I turned around and I saw them road raging, and then we both had this moment of realizing we knew each other, (laughs) and (laughs) Ah! it was so awkward. Like I felt more bad for that person though. Like I would much Mm. rather be the one being road rage at. Like I think they felt so awkward and it was a situation where I then had to see them because we were arriving at the same place. (laughs) So then I saw this person and oh my gosh, I just felt like, and I told you about it because often you're sending me Marco Polas and you are quite a road (laughs) rager. And I just said like, you just need to be careful when you're doing that. Like imagine, I feel like when you're doing it, say you're getting really angry, you've got to imagine that you know the person and you're going to see them like in five minutes Mm -hmm. because that could happen.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like often too, even when it's just like an old person and then you're like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So like imagine if it was like my boss or something.
1: Oh, my gosh. It was so awkward. And it's still awkward because I actually Mm. saw that person last night when I was having dinner at a restaurant. And you stole her (laughs) part? No. No, no. I was sitting down at this point. I didn't cut her off. But yeah, I was sitting there having dinner with with Ruan and they walked past and I saw them see me and then they did the, you know, neck snaps 90 degrees the other way and she's walking next to someone and like, even when you're walking with someone who's next to you, your head's not all the way turned to them, you know, because you're still looking at where you were walking. But she was like, literally like... Neck is about to snap, looking the other way, and I was like, "That is exactly why you don't do it, because you still feel awkward. You can't even yeah, look at me yeah, and say hello embarrassed. now. <laughs> She's So it's still, embarrassed. still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. I will admit that, like, the road rage was at me for for yes, I had done something like on paper it was wrong, but I still feel like I wasn't in the wrong.
0: Yeah, I don't think so, and like I'm surprised that she doesn't know that that's what people do. Yeah. You know, like, I imagine that other people turning into that place would also do the similar thing if that was available and there was no people people parked there, I think. Well, the reason why
1: I do that is because other people do it. So, like, I saw other people do it and then I would get behind them and do the same thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, I feel like not only is she in the wrong for, like, road raging, but also, like, why do you not have the memo about what we do here as a group when we're entering <laughs> well, this place? We're all on the same place. page. It's like when, you're, um,
1: when there's like uh, roadworks or something and everyone's got to create a single file and everyone works mm. together to not let that guy in who's sped to the front. Like, yeah, it's a mutual understanding. In. This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Shall we get into the episode? Let's do it.
0: On today's episode, we are talking about tough love. Mm. So Why do you want to talk about tough love?
1: I feel like as I've gotten older and I don't know, it's a topic that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, in that I, I feel like as you get to this age, we keep saying that like when you get to this age, you realize that, but I, I do feel like as you get older and you become better and better friends with the people that are, are in your life or you become a bit more mature with your family. I think you do learn the importance of sometimes giving tough love and how to Mm -hmm. receive it. And I think there is a a degree of maturity that you need for both of those things, being on either side of that. Um, But I was actually just telling my parents that we were um, recording tough love. And normally when I say, oh, we're doing this topic, they'll be like, oh, okay, that's a bit random. (laughs) But I said tough love and they were like, "Mm," you know, so I feel like it is something that yeah you do grow to appreciate
0: the importance of as you get older Mm, mm -hmm. and that's I think that's a good point too because I think sometimes it can be interpreted wrong Mm. whereas like when you do get to this age I think you do you do appreciate it for what it is yeah for sure and less offended I would feel like um which I I do feel like there is very much a fine line between tough love and just being (laughs) an asshole. (laughs) 100%. 100%. And I think that's something that you also probably learn with age. Mm-hmm. Yep. And experience, which we know also comes with age. Mm, definitely. So when was your first experience with tough love? Oh,
1: um, gosh, I think my mom gave a lot of tough love growing up. I, she definitely isn't one of those parents that claps every time you do something, regardless of how she feels about it. There's definitely times where – she's, you know, questioned a few things or just given a bit of truth um, with maybe I was dressing very, you know, provocatively and things like that. And she would, you know, raise some concerns. But I think the biggest example I can remember in recent years where it was like so important that I received tough love was when I was in my eating disorder, Mm. which we will go into in a future episode. But my sister gave me some tough love and, Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how important that was for me to hear because the thing about tough love is that there's a reason that it's called tough love. And even though love comes second in the phrase, I think love does need to come first in the relationship. And there was so much love already in that relationship. And my sister had been carrying so much concern and so much hurt for me with what I was going through and what she could see that I was putting myself through that when she delivered this tough love there was nothing in me that was offended or hurt or defensive like it was just like so much concern and love in the way that she phrased it and you guys have all met the sister she's the psychologist so she's also very um, competent in phrasing things and communication and things like that so I think it's something that she had been thinking about for a long time, praying about for a long time, and also discussing with her husband of like how to, you know, move forward and what she thinks she, the concerns that she needed to raise with me. And it ended up being, um, oh, maybe I won't go into it too much because we'll go through mm-hmm. that in the episode mm-hmm. when I talk about my eating disorder. But yeah, there's a few examples like that where normally it has come from family. Another example I'm thinking of is my brother once raised some concerns he had for me in the relationships that I was putting myself in. Mm-hmm. And it was the same kind of thing. It was like in any other kind of situation, or if the phrasing had been different, it could have felt very judgmental. Like mm-hmm. it could have, I could have easily have justified that he's just being judgmental. He's trying to tear me down. And I think that was my initial reaction, but. I think you just need to be a little bit reflective and be like, well, why are they raising this concern with me? Where is it coming from? And is there truth in it? And I think if, if all those things have been considered carefully from their side, then there can be so much growth that can happen in you if your immediate reaction isn't just defensiveness. Like I think it's a very dangerous thing or it's a shame when people aren't able to listen to any sort of feedback
0: that's constructive
1: from anyone else
0: and i think it's important and it's funny because i feel like it's almost i don't want to say it's a fluke but i feel that sometimes yeah it could it could just be interpreted slightly wrong and that mm. opportunity is missed for for that person to express how they're feeling and trying to help you and for the person receiving it to Understand what you know an outsider's perspective of the situation is, and an opportunity to grow or change or fix or whatever you know that topic is that the tough love is being received about. If it's delivered slightly wrong, or if it's received slightly wrong, the opportunity is gone. Mm. Which is interesting because you know sometimes things said on a different day could receive yeah. a different, you know, a different response for sure. But sometimes I feel like I don't know whether it's fate or what it is, but I feel like sometimes, you know, like your your particular examples that you've given, like those things have been received well because things just sometimes just line up, you know, mm-hmm. like for no reason mm-hmm. but they just line up. And I think that can be a really lucky or unlucky time for some people. Mm. I think um, I'm trying to think of an example when or like a – somewhat recent example, but probably not maybe as serious as your example, but I, I definitely received a lot of tough love from my mom, particularly when we were house hunting mm-hmm. and I was like rose colored glasses for every house because I was just so fixated on like getting a house that I was probably not seeing the whole picture or like looking at things through rose-colored glasses for sure, which we've talked about before. So I think there was a bit of tough love where I had to, where I had to kind of be sat down and be like, come on, like <laughs> yeah, this down. hole is not for you, you know, like yeah. wait it out. The right thing will come, but it can be hard. It can be really, really hard. And that's another thing I was going to say is that I think, when tough love is delivered in different relationship dynamics it also Mm -hmm. can be very different or it can be very dangerous like you know I think receiving tough love from a family is probably almost the safest Mm -hmm. tough love because you know that they've been around for a long time you know that they love you you know that they more often than not are coming from a place of love and like um being genuine and all this kind of stuff whereas sometimes I think in other relationship dynamics that's not always the case and I think that that does open up opportunity for you to not receive it as well. I, I'm just thinking in my experience that if if something was said by my sister or my mum or dad, for example, versus if that was said by a couple of particular friends, which I mean in hindsight, you know, maybe not the best types of friends, if they had have said that, it certainly wouldn't be received the same way.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's
0: true. I think it's definitely the
1: safest place. I do think that I've got the tendency, and I wonder if this is the same with you. I, I, I feel like I've got the tendency to disregard it, though, if it comes from family. Like mm. I feel like, yes, it probably does not offend me as much, but I've probably got the tendency to say something like, "Oh, that's just mum, though," or oh, "Mum's just mm. being mum," you know, something like that. Whereas I think if the same friend said something to me, it might offend me more. Or I might be a bit more defensive, but I feel like it would hold more weight, which is it mm. really shouldn't be like that. Do Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think when when I said that, I was like picturing friends that aren't like super great friends. Oh, true. (laughs) Whereas like, yeah, I know you've definitely given me tough love in different times, So, and that's always been received pretty well. So I guess, yeah, I see what you're saying. And, yeah, I feel like your parents – I don't know it's easy to kind of like fight back against your parents I Mm. think to a friend like you kind of like your parents have spent your lifetime putting you back in your place essentially you know like making boundaries and doing all this kind of stuff. So whereas like, yeah, if a friend puts you in your place, you're kind of like, whoa, like I didn't expect that, okay. Yeah, Um,
1: especially because you're less likely to do it as a friend. So when the opportunity does come up where you do need to give some tough love, it's like, oh, okay, like this must be worth it because I don't know. I, I don't think anyone's going around wanting to give tough love. Like I don't think it's a particularly comfortable thing to deliver or receive. I was reading some articles on this while I was preparing for the episode. And um, I don't know if I agree with this or not, but someone said it is harder to give it than to receive it. And I was mm. like, mm, I think that depends on what it's about. I think it depends on where each person is at. But for example, someone that I know I give tough love to recently, like I didn't think about it. I just did it. Mm. I w- it's not something I really considered. I didn't stew over it or anything like that. But then when I had spoken to Ruan about what I had said or like the, the situation, he was very like, oh, okay. Like what? Like, you know, he was just really surprised that he had just kind of come out of me, mm-hmm. but then in a different situation someone's been speaking to me about a topic that they're really really struggling with and I know that that person needs to give a bit of tough love to that situation but it's like a massive deal for them like Mm -hmm. it's very very nerve-wracking they're very nervous about it they don't want to ruin the relationship and all of those things but and so I think it's maybe there's a bit of a personality element as well. I think the relationship that you're in as well, like I know that the person I gave tough love to, I know that they know I love them. Like mm. so much love, like I said before, has gone before this conversation. I'm not nervous that they're going to think I don't like them or that I'm being judgmental. They they know I've got nothing but pure intentions and, you know, a, a soft heart towards them, but Sometimes a situation does come up where you do need to give tough love to someone who you don't necessarily have that pre-existing relationship Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. There is more stress about it. I remember I had a situation come up recently with someone who, yeah, I didn't have that strong relationship with and I did have to speak about that and really consider my words and pray about it and all those things for days before I did it because I just really didn't know where that was going to land. But sometimes you can't wait for that soft relationship before you do that.
0: Yeah. And you may miss an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to deliver that and then that opportunity is gone and they've, you know, moved forward or fumbled through that situation or it's been brushed under the carpet and that opportunity for, you know, the insight that you could have shared is is past or, you know, it's prolonging pain, for example. Mm-hmm. So, um, it can be really difficult though. Like I if I think about the most recent time that I have, it's kind of, how do I explain it. It's um, not directly affect me, but the last time that I've say mentioned the concept of tough love or it's been a discussion, it's been kind of like, I've been a third party and I've been instructing somebody or, you know, like helping Mm. somebody else through it. In so it's like kind of like third party removed, but sometimes it's really hard because I think, what's difficult is people don't want to hurt people's feelings intentionally Mm. so I think the issue is that in delivering tough love sometimes you you can hurt someone they can be upset by that it can be something that you don't want to hear so Mm. I think sometimes and that's the whole concept of it is it's to cause that you know somewhat immediate pain but for a long-term gain Mm -hmm. whereas sometimes I think people feel that just kind of helping them through and delivering you know being supportive in like a really soft way for the immediate future they feel like that's the best thing to do because it doesn't hurt that person or damage them further etc cetera, etc cetera. whereas like I'm more of a believer in that's not what's best for them long term like you're yeah. not actually helping them essentially you're just kind of like fluffing them up until you know they move on slightly but that's that issue will just reappear because it's not been resolved you haven't actually helped them do anything so but I think that's where people find it difficult is you don't want to hurt someone you don't want someone to be upset because of something you've said even if in the depths of your heart you know that long term that's what's best for them
1: Mm. it's
0: still hard to tell someone something that they don't want to hear
1: for sure yeah I think that's a big issue with a lot of things happening I don't know why my mind just went to so many of the like mental health things going on in in society and stuff like that and it's like you're so concerned with and maybe rightly so we're very very aware of you know mental health conditions and you don't want someone to fall off a cliff and so you kind of do want to you know protect them in some way but there is a fine line between being supportive and then just uh, yeah, like almost feeding some sort of state of mind that someone's in or maybe someone's coming to you with, for example, um, ongoing relationship problems. And it's like you just tickling their ears every single time and being like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's not helpful <laughs> because that person is still stuck in that rut every single time. And that's what I've said to a particular person who, yeah, I have given a lot of tough love to. I just said, if you're coming to me, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not just going to be here to pump up your tires every single time because while I do think that's important and I will do that while I'm giving tough love, I'm also encouraging them a lot. It's not, it doesn't feed any purpose. Like, what's the purpose of this discussion? I don't want you to be in this situation again. So I'm going to tell you the truth that this is what you need to do or this is where you're going wrong or you need to consider these options. Or, okay, if you're making this decision, then okay, if you're going to keep doing this, that's fine, but this is going to be the outcome every single time. So there's no point in complaining about it. There's no point in thinking about it every time. So you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's not even just the fact. Yeah, exactly. It's not even just that you would tell them what to do, but you would just tell them this is the situation from how I see it. You know, and sometimes that's all it needs to be is just like, this is the
0: reality that you're in at the moment. Because in the moments when people are hurting or upset or in a, you know, merry-go-round relationship or whatever that particular incident looks like, they're seeing it with an emotional heart. Like- Mm. Whereas the person that's potentially giving the tough love with clarity because you're not emotionally invested the same way that person that you're delivering the tough love to is. I think when when it's received well, I think it's because people can acknowledge that you are seeing it from the outside, you are seeing mm. it with fresh eyes, but that's not always easy to get across.
1: No, it's not. And that's not always the way it's given either because mm. there's definitely been times where someone has – try to give me a bit of tough love or maybe not even to me, but I've seen tough love take place like it's under the guise of tough love, but really it's just criticism or it's just Mm -hmm. judgment. So, yeah, I do think while you need to be really, really careful um, to not be defensive and to look for that when you're receiving tough love, I think before giving tough love, I think you need to be really, really analytical of like what's actually going on in your heart. Like how do you actually feel towards this situation? Because if there's judgment in you or Mm -hmm. there's, yeah, yeah, like if it's not coming from purely a place of love, there's literally no point in giving it because it's not going to be received. And even if it's well received by them and they don't realize that you're being judgmental, you still are. And so it's not a pleasant experience for you either.
0: Hello listeners, sorry to interrupt. Just a quick message from us. Firstly, a massive thank you to our Patreons. We cannot thank you enough for financially supporting us to help keep this podcast going and growing. If this is something you too would be interested in, you'll find the link to our Patreon account in the show notes of this episode. Thanks as always for listening. Let's get back to the show. And I think the way that it would be delivered if you are coming from a place that's not pure love, it would be almost impossible to deliver it in in a way that's not going to feel like that. If you Mm. are being judgmental in your your heart and then you deliver it, it's going to come across in the way that you use your words in the way that you use your tone when you're expressing something. So you're almost never going to get a good outcome. Mm. Whereas if you are coming from love, I feel like people can feel that. They can feel that, you know, They can feel that love in the way that the the words are said, in the tone that's given, in the way that your heart is for the situation. And they can feel that it's coming from love. And I think that's when it's received well because Mm -hmm. people can see through you that you want what's best for them. For sure. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was tough love in, say, your children, for example, which Mm. I haven't really had to experience as such because Lily's so little. She doesn't really have like – a lot of discipline or boundaries because she doesn't do much, And she's an angel. (laughs) And she's an angel. But that's something that I've had to kind of consciously think about because that Mm. phase will come before you realize it because I feel like they just slowly develop like day by day and then all of a sudden, yeah, they are pulling a vase off of a counter or something and it's like, you know, you're going to – these things just happen slowly, slowly, but all of a sudden they're like a full-blown – little shit and they're two years old you know what I mean because you mm-hmm. haven't put in any boundaries or whatever so I think that's something that's interesting and something that I think is going to require a lot of thought and education with around you know giving tough love to your children but I think that's something that is very different in like this generation or mm-hmm. like maybe the, it's the coming than say like our experience like you know for example the thing that springs to mind is how you know everybody gets a medal Mm. Or, you know, there's a lot of this type of culture where it's like, there's no losers. There's there's just participants. And it. it's like, yeah. that's not the way my family's going to roll because <laughs> that's not the way that life is. Even looking at, like I mentioned to my sister about doing tough love and she mentioned about granddad, her son, for example, we like, he's referred to as Gigi because he's great granddad to these, like my kids and my sister's kid. So He is very much tough love, but he's come from a very different generation. You know, he was born in the 30s, spent time in Germany during the war. Like, he had a very strict stepdad and just a different life, you know, a Mm -hmm. life we couldn't even imagine. And his kind of outlook on stuff is very different. Like, it's a one-chance kind of thing. Like, she had given the example of um, Hudson was playing with some little – like animals, animal figurines, like putting them on the table and just doing a bit of, you know, imaginative play kind of thing, like these playing with these little animal structures. And then he kind of like pushed a few off to the side, like off the table and onto the floor. And I was like, right, that's it. Packs up all the animals and puts them away. Like that's it. Trans gone. Like, because he kind of like – and John was like, he was actually kind of playing nice. Like sometimes he does throw shit around because he's a little boy. But like he actually was well. not being, you know, like he was being fine. But it was like, no, nope, that's it. You, you push your toys off, that's it. Tough love done. Mm, interesting it's almost always christmas time when everything's frantic and the shops are frantic and you're like trying to get around every tom dick and harry with their trolleys like you know fighting for space in the shops it's just chaos Mm -hmm. and then there's always a few families that you see where the kids are just like losing their minds and being like little shits and having tantrums and it's like hectic and i've asked my parents on multiple occasions like did we ever have like a really bad meltdown at the shops because i feel like it'll be quite embarrassing and it's hard to deal with like yeah. you know you a quite a public setting it's awkward blah, blah blah and he was like honestly no you guys never had a tantrum in the shop but the reason was because the p- people that mostly took us to the shops was my nana and granddad mm. and there was this understanding that there was no way we were going to have a tantrum in the shops with <laughs> them heck no because of that tough love but it's interesting and and that's what's like I guess my kind of concern is that how or I find interesting and a concern the way that the generations have changed and I've heard Mm. that saying before about like each generation kind of gets softer and softer like my grandparents as you know as tough as I'm referring to them as their parents were way tougher Mm. you know and then they parented um like say my mum, for example tough-ish but not as tough as they were parented and then my parents were lighter again and then we might be lighter again so to an extent but that's kind of something that I find interesting is the idea of tough love is Mm. going yeah but I think it's important
1: it is important I think you've raised so many thoughts in that little spill that I need to touch on but what I wanted to quickly just highlight which I think you're describing now is I heard this saying um On a Joe Rogan podcast. But I think it speaks to this situation. It goes like this it says, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. And like, I feel like that's the cycle society goes in, in that your granddad lived in hard times. Mm -hmm. He was in the war and things like that. And so he he was, he created us, he was a strong man because of that. And strong men create good times. But we've been in such a long period of good times that now there's so many weak people around and like just this Mm -hmm. like weakness and this softness. And it's not Mm -hmm. to say that I want to go back to it being a war, but when it's too good, when there's not enough resistance, even for kids, it's not good. Mm -hmm. I think you do create a danger for them and and for yourself. And when I was speaking to my parents about, um, yeah, recording this episode, My stepdad said, oh, there's a saying that goes, you have to expose your kids to protect them. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't really know how that kind of related to the topic, but now I do as we're kind of speaking about it in that Mm -hmm. you have to expose people to protect them. You have to expose kids to protect them. You know, you have to expose them to your granddad's going to take your toys away if you Mm -hmm. do that, you know, and them just never experiencing a no. You know, I've I've been in a childcare Mm -hmm. setting where- you're not allowed to say no to a kid. Mm. You're not allowed to say no to a child. That's one of the rules. And it's just like there's how effect. is that not going to absolutely derail them one day because yeah. there, are, there is no in life. There is, You can't go above the speed limit. You're not allowed to do
0: this. Like mm. there's boundaries. Mm. That's right. In response to that, I remember um, having a conversation with Caleb about Lily once and I said, you know, she's going to fall from a tree. She's going to – Stumble. She's going to, you know, hurt herself. She's going to go through tough times and you are not going to be there for all of those times. Mm. But what you can try and do is be there to pick her up, be Mm -hmm. there to help support her, be there to put in foundation. So, when she does that stuff, she stands up and she brushes herself off and she gets on with it. You know what I mean? Like, that's all we can do. We can't be there to stop her from falling every single time. Like, that's Mm -hmm. also not in her best interest. So that can feel conflicting sometimes mm. because especially with children and and or anybody that you love you want to protect them but sometimes that that's not always the best outcome you know sometimes people need to really get in and learn things the hard way for themselves too but it's concerning i feel like the way that things are evolving that that's not really the mentality it's it's very much protecting them at all costs and at all costs of them experiencing things and growing and being strong and being resilient. I feel like there's a lot of techniques at the moment that are not fostering resilience in people. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's a book that I haven't read yet, but that was spoken um, about on a Episode of John (laughs) Morgan. But it's one of the episodes that I've listened to a few times because it's really good. Um, It's from the guy Jonathan Haidt, who I've previously mentioned in an episode, but he wrote a book called The Coddling of the American Mind How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. And basically, it's all about this that They're good intentions and I can see why parents do want to protect their kids from those experiences. You know, I don't think they're trying to hurt their kids, but Mm. just because it's a good intention doesn't mean the outcome is good either. So um, there's a few key takeaways from the book um, that he spoke about in the podcast, but that I've just Googled. And there's three great untruths that he talks about. Um, Number one is the untruth of fragility. What doesn't kill you makes you weaker. And that's just not true. What doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And I think people have forgotten that when something hurtful happens, I think we do have this tendency in society to make that kind of your story and kind of sit Mm -hmm. in that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I think you don't want that for your kids as well. So you don't want them to go through that stuff because you think that that's going to define them. But really, that's what resilience is. Mm. It's that you get up again and again and again. But if you never fall or you never, yeah, you never even put
0: your kids in a situation where they can fall, then They're not going to get up. But the thing is I feel like you can't do that. If a child is climbing up a ladder and they Mm. don't know that they can fall or they haven't fallen before and they can't grasp that concept, then they're not going to climb that ladder carefully understanding that they could fall. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it just takes away that element of learning and growth and those concepts literally directly align with like life situations yes, you yeah. know like they're like direct analogies mm-hmm. and if you take that away then you're essentially taking that away too in a yeah. way
1: and it just it doesn't make sense with what you were saying before about you know the participation medals and everyone's a winner mm. no. no they're not <laughs> like it's okay some for your child to lose. some kids lose some adults lose you're not going to succeed in everything like i refuse to teach my kids you can do anything you want you can be anything you want yes of course they can work hard to achieve things anything they want to achieve they can work hard but you can't be an NBA player if you want to be like you know there's certain things that you might not have the abilities for or the talents for and that's a normal part of the human experience. And when we went to school and we did sports days, everyone ran, everyone did it. And that, some people
0: would know they're going to come last, but they would still do it. Or somebody might come last in a race, but they kick ass in shot put because exactly. that's where their strength lies. But yes. Doing all of that helps you understand that, that, that that's a concept. That helps you understand that while some people have strengths there, other people don't. Or they suck ass on sports day but they kick ass in a spelling bee or whatever that looks like. <laughs> yeah. That's literally life. It so if life. you give everyone a participation award, they're going to be in for a harsh wake-up call when they leave school and they realize that that's not how life works. But why is
1: that the – mindset with like sport and stuff like that but no one's getting a participation medal with the spelling bees Mm. you know what I mean like it seems Mm. like we're really trying to coddle like athletic ability maybe it's because stereotypically like the the athlete would be quite popular and so it came with a bit of status and so let's just give everyone a status but no one's doing that when it comes to like achieving an ATAR and things like that mm-hmm. like there's clear levels of, of success when it comes to academics but why now when it comes to athletic ability with children we're just going to tell them all you can all do it you're all winners
0: mm. in saying that I I haven't listened to this episode so this might be something that we cut because I don't know this for fact but mm. dad was um an episode on Joe Rogan <laughs> <laughs> oh, where he talks with Dr. Phil and he was yes. saying that the U.S., like how they've lowered their standards of academia and how they used to be so good but now they're so shit. But like people are getting A's thinking that they're getting A's but actually they're, they're not. That's a C. That's a B. that's It just feels like this societal shift that it's fostering <laughs> pussies. <laughs> yeah. It's fostering weak people that aren't resilient. Like, And I feel like we were really on the cusp of that because we were – kind of de- like developed to a certain extent before things started to change. Like mm-hmm. even um, I've mentioned before, but my neighbor, like their kids are – late teens early 20s and mm-hmm. they had said what is it with this generation where you know if things don't go right they just crumble or they have a meltdown or whatever and I like put my hands up and I was like mate I'm not part of that generation It's <laughs> not me but I, do not I know and they're like I don't get it like we did not raise them to be like that like mm. you know and it's so interesting because that's that's true like I look at them and like they are resilient people they are wonderful people mm. it's not just in parenting but if they're parented a certain way but then they go to school and they give them participation rewards in everything you know like it's but it's like it's so competing. many things
1: it's like it's that it's the fact that now if you're offended there's outrage we're well, like mm when we were offended growing up, you were just offended. And like, Mm. that wasn't a call to go and cancel someone. It was just like, you can be offended for a bit and move on. Whereas now it's like this entitlement of like, you offended me. Now you need to be canceled and you're the Mm. devil because you offended me. And it's like, be Mm -hmm. offended, mate. Like that's part of Mm. life is that you're going to get offended. People are going to say things that that- And then get over it. Get over it. Like that's normal. And it's like this generation or this mindset, and it's not just younger people. Like there's, older adults that are mm. so entitled that they think the whole world needs to pander to their preferences. Mm. No, that's not how it works. How and it like works. the more you go through life going, no one owes me a single thing. They just don't. I was speaking about this again to my parents recently where we we're just talking about some stuff and they said, you know, the, the thing is, is that the South African mindset was very much like, no one owes you anything. Because mm. growing up in South Africa, life could be quite hard and you know, there's a lot of atrocities going around and you know several people in your immediate circle that have had terrible things happening to them. So you just don't really sit in that and think like, oh, woe was mm-hmm. me, woe was me. You just don't. Mm-hmm. When there's people going on the news about like, oh, this is what's happened to me, my my teacher did this, or something like that. It's yeah. just like Mate, you are going to be so it. unhappy if you go through life like that. There's always going to be suffering. Mm,
0: there's always, always. going to be suffering for your kids as well. And that's what we've talked about in this, I guess, Western culture is that there's, there's this kind of expectation that that's okay. If that was the general consensus was that that's not okay, then people wouldn't keep doing it. But that's not the case. It's the other way around. If you say to someone, mate... Like you give someone a bit of tough love and you're like, come on, like get on with it, get up, get on with it, then you're the arsehole. But the problem is we're creating, we're fostering this environment where that's the case. It's mm-hmm. not the other way around. It's not thanks for delivering that to me. I was being dick. Mm-hmm. It's come to my pity party.
1: <laughs> come to my pity party. We're going to be here for hours.
0: <laughs> we're going <gonna laughs> to be here chat. all day long. <laughs> <laughs> We are both on topic and off topic. Mm. I feel like it's scary that if people don't keep delivering tough love and don't keep creating resilient children, I worry, (laughs) I really worry about the way that the world's going.
1: Yeah. I don't know about how on topic this quote is, but it just popped into my head. Um, It goes, for a while there, we have this whiteboard on our fridge and Ruin and I would write our favorite quotes and this is the one that I wrote. Um, I think maybe it was um Jordan Peterson that said it. He said, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Mm. And it's like, that's the thing I think, like, even with this like toxic masculinity thing, like, oh, that's toxic masculinity. Masculinity is a really important quality that we all need to emphasise masculinity and being a warrior and those kind of qualities, mate, I would much rather that in a husband than a little fragile little boy who can't (laughs) handle a day's work. You know what I mean? Mm. And Mm. that's the problem is that maybe not even in just boys, but in girls as well, you've got to create that, like, no, you can be a warrior. You can be a Mm. warrior. Don't, don't make yourself a gardener and like this, you know, little fragile little flower that, Then when the war comes, because there is going to be hard things that happen in your life, it's not if, Mm. it's when. Mm. You cannot stand a single day of suffering because your whole life, maybe not even from your your own doing but maybe you've been coddled your whole life from your parents nothing's ever happened to you you've not experienced any suffering and now you of course you're going to crumble and that's the thing as well is like I know that there's some stuff's happened in my life where you know we've been through stuff but like it's made me so much stronger and I honestly sometimes feel sorry for people who they haven't gone through anything in their life Mm. and I'm happy that they haven't experienced, you know, significant suffering, but they haven't, yeah, learned what also comes with that. What can come with that, yeah. And, and so then you would hope that, say, they are those people that have kind of cruised their whole lives with nothing hectic ever happening. You would hope that their parents have still been teaching them these lessons Mm. of tough love, of, you know, things do go wrong and stuff does happen. Maybe. You know, maybe they've not been good with their finances, but their parents haven't rescued them. You know, it's like it's not Mm. that you can only learn resilience if a parent dies. That can happen in a lot of different ways, but it needs to be intentional parenting, I think. Mm.
0: For sure, which is scary because that's – I feel like not the memo that parents get. (laughs) Like I was watching this show called um, Working Moms on Netflix. I just started watching an episode too because I'm nearly too back. And – um. They're at, like, this mother's group and there's, like, kind of three or four of them that are a bit, like, edgy, you know, compared to all these other, like, pristine little perfect mums that are sitting in this mom's group. And Mm. they're talking about how you can't say the N-word or the C-word and she's, like, you're not allowed to say to your children that they can't do something. And then they're, like, saying N-word as in, like, no. But it's funny. It's this funny scene. And these people are like, oh, what? Like thinking that it's those words. And they're like, no, you can't. And then they're like, oh, what? So you can't say no and can't. Like and they're all like, oh, like saying like <laughs> no and can't. But it's like that's what 75% of this mother's group are saying. You know, you can't t- tell your child no. You can't tell your child that they can't do something. Like that's not right. That's not healthy. That's not productive. <laughs> do you want to talk us through a time where you have given tough love? I think it's just important, say there's
1: a situation that the listeners are thinking of right now where they know that there's a bit of tough love they need to give. Again, I think your first step is um, examining what's going on in you when you consider that situation. Number two, um, I think love needs to go before the conversation. So. I don't think it, you need to jump the gun on it. Like I think you can kind of sit in it for a bit. I think you'd kind of just assess how it's going because also if someone's just brought up a situation with you for the first time, you don't need to that moment go and give them some tough love. Like <laughs> yeah. just be supportive. Read the for a room, minute. guys. Yeah, just read the room. Let's be self-aware <laughs> mm-hmm. because I've also heard situations of when someone's, you know, disclosed something and that minute someone has given tough love. And mm-hmm. it, while, you know, that might sometimes be necessary, I think that would be rare for that to be needed. Yeah. But um, so. when I'm giving tough love and I'm in that conversation, I am very conscious of balancing the tough love with um, encouragement as well. So I'll be very, very conscious of, you know, um, for example, you're doing this really, really well. And I can see that you have done this, this, and this. That's been super helpful. Moving forward, I think you really need to work on this because I know that you've got this strength. I know that you're able to do this. So like you're empowering them. You're giving them an option, but you're also empowering them to be like, no, you can do that. Like I know that that quality is in you. I know you have a way with words. I'm encouraging you to use your words. And then I'll go back to, you know, building them up again. And it's like it's a compliment sandwich (laughs) the whole time. So they leave that conversation and it's never like, oh, my gosh, he's been tearing me down. It's like, oh.
0: They feel really good. You feel super empowered about super it. Super empowered. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just it's just a scary one though. I think I think it's hard. Like I just again reflect back to this situation that I was like a third party in, and I think the the main thing that was just a, like a massive barrier was that that initial potentially upsetting of the person.
1: Well, the thing is, as well, is another thing that I say to people or like that I tell myself is that how they receive that. If I've done all those things, if I've been super loving, encouraging, how they receive that, it's actually, it's not really got anything to do with you, Mm. you know, Mm. and they might receive it really badly and they might be super offended. And I think in that case, you just give it a few days and you let them simmer and then you touch base again. And you just say, I know that you were a bit upset, upset by me the other day. I hope you could hear my heart behind it.
0: Do you want to talk about the things that we discussed?
1: You just yeah, touch base true. again. I,
0: don't some, I think that's true too, that sometimes, yeah, maybe in that moment, they're not going to be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Mm. Like in that moment, yeah, maybe they might they might need a day or two to kind of sit with what you've said and then mm. see it in a different light too. Yeah, for sure. In, when sometimes past, yeah, that's true.
1: So okay. my friend sent me a message about tough love because um, I told mm-hmm. her we were recording this. She said, the ability to give and receive tough love can show a really clear disparity between surface level and true meaningful friendship. Anyone can hear you had a bad day or or are in a sticky situation and give you a bit of sympathy, but it takes a different level of friendship to pull you up on what you may have contributed to that and what you need to do about it. I think that's so true. I think mm-hmm. really, if you don't want to receive tough love, if you're not looking for any sort of truth, then... Mm. I don't even think you want a real friendship because you can get that from anywhere. You Mm. can go onto Google and find an article that makes you feel really good about anything that you've done, Mm. but there's never going to be any self-growth. A real friend, a real friend's going to tell you the truth and give you tough love. Number one, because they love you. Number two, because it takes something from them to give it as well. So I know if Mm. you ever, Marissa, give me tough love, I know it's more uncomfortable for you than it is for me. And Mm. so I think you just have to be aware that like... Marissa must really care about this (laughs) (laughs) for her to put herself through this agony, Mm -hmm. you know, like keep that while, yes, you might be offended and it might be like that doesn't feel good. I think you need to remember like, geez, Marissa must
0: actually be truly concerned about this for her to bring this up adult bring it up yeah and and at the end of the day like you are kind of putting yourself out on a limb because you don't know how that person's going to react that could be received really terribly and and it could not be the end of a friendship but you know potentially that could cause some a rift between the two of you so Mm. yeah to to i guess bring yourself to to have these types of conversations you you have to like we've said you know you have to be doing it from love and i think if you can kind of remember that when you're receiving it which is probably hard at times Mm -hmm. then i think you'll see see it for what it is which is short-term pain for long-term gain all right this should we wrap it up with that i think so let's wrap it up all
1: right everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode if you'd like to support us please find the link to our patreon instagram page and facebook group in the show notes below there's also always the opportunity to give us a rating as well if you've got that in you but apart from that we'll see you next week Bye. Bye.